Micah chapter number 7, we're going to read uh, verses 7, 8, and 9, then we're going to skip down to verse number 18 and go through the remainder of the chapter. All right, Micah chapter number 7, verse number 7, we're fixing to read. Therefore, I will look unto the Lord, I will wait for the God of my salvation, and God will hear me. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. I will bear the indignation of the Lord, because I have sinned against him. Until he plead my cause and execute judgment for me, he will bring me forth to the light, and I shall behold his righteousness. Skipping down uh, to verse number 18. Scripture reads, Who is a God like unto thee, that pardoneth iniquity and passeth by the transgression? of the remnant of his heritage. He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. He will, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and thou, and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. Thou will perform the truth to Jacob and the mercy to Abraham which thou hast sworn unto our fathers from the days of the old. And we believe that'll be all that God would have us to read and to hear in this morning. Certainly ask and pray that God would add his blessing to the reading of his word. And we're thankful for the word of God this morning, uh, that it's righteous, that it's true. Uh, we, we say this and quote this often in Romans 1, verse number 16, the Bible says that the gospel uh, is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel today is the truth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's the good news of our Savior. And we all need good news, amen. Uh, I tell you, we live in a world today where it seems like we're stricken on every hand, uh, that there is pain, there's anguish, there's agony, there's troubles, trials, tribulations, there's sickness, uh, there's more things than we could name that are probably wrong with us. Uh, and, and I feel most assured and confident this morning uh, that there are troubles beyond my comprehension gathered with us in this building this morning there's more uh, there's more that I could ever have answers for uh, and just to be truthful and honest with you I don't have answers for it uh, we oftentimes we look uh, to people around us for uh, for comfort or for words and uh, you know oftentimes I, I'll say this on, on most circumstances I would probably be wrong but I know that God is always right. And I'm glad that we can, uh, as the Word of God tells us, that we can draw strength and mercy and help. Uh, we, we say this often as well, Hebrews 4 16, we, the Bible says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Uh, and I believe that there's much need around us today. There's more need uh, than we can certainly in and of ourselves ever satisfy. Uh, I'm glad, friends, today that we are, uh, listen, that we are to be uh, adherers of the Word of God, that we are to preach the Word of God, 
Uh, listen, and God will supply the need for every life that is present here this morning. I, I've often said this, and I try my best to communicate this to the young preachers, and uh, sometimes the Spirit of God works separate from the man of God, but if we get in the Spirit of God and we begin to deliver the Word of God, God can take it, uh, listen, and He can make it useful and needful for every person here this morning. Uh, <coughs> I often use this as my uh, as my context for saying such things. Is you read over in Acts chapter number two, the Bible tells us that that they were in one mind and one accord, and they had gathered themselves in the upper chamber. The day of Pentecost had come. The Bible says that the Spirit of God came down out of heaven. I listen, uh, and it came as cloven tongues and fell upon them. And when it fell upon them, Peter stood up and began to preach and. According to historical records, there was 12 different dialects of people there. Uh, listen, and when Peter preached, all 12 different dialects heard and understood. Amen. So I want to say this, friends, this morning. Uh, listen, I believe that the Spirit of God has a purpose in every single service. And, and I believe that if we of the church today, if we yield to the Spirit of God, I, I believe the preachers today, I believe if we yield to the Spirit of God, God can do a work in every single one of us. We don't have to leave the same way we came in. We can change. We can be different. We, God can do a work in us if we would only allow it. Now, the Bible says in verse number 7, uh, and we want to start back on this, and we said all that getting back to this. It says, therefore, I will look upon, the, I will look unto the Lord. So often, friends, today, listen, we like to put confidence in man. And listen, we, uh, listen, we, we, we've got chicken soup for the soul. We've got so many self-helps. We uh, turn on, we watch Oprah. We search Dr. Phil. Uh, listen, the New York Times bestsellers list is comprised of uh, so many self-help biographies and novels, friends, today, listen, we're looking to the left and to the right, before and behind. We're trying to find peace and we're trying to find solace. We're trying to find help in a world that is broken. Amen. This world is desperately broken. Hey, the Bible says uh, in the book of Ezekiel, uh, listen, it says that uh, man's heart is desperately wicked. And friends, today, listen, we know that we are embellished with sin. We know that there are many broken people in this world. We know that they're hurting. We know that they're wanting. We go up and down Timber Ridge Road. And listen, there's probably more than our minds could comprehend about the brokenness and the sadness and the loneliness. Friends, there's so many people in this world today. Listen, the suicide rates are escalating to a point that they have never been in the history of time. Listen, there is so much information. There is so much medication. There is so much medicine. There's so many doctors. There's so much help. Listen, but the one thing that we forgot about is God. We keep trying to find help everywhere else. Friends, listen, we are, uh, listen, we have entirely and, and listen, totally sold out uh, listen, uh, to the world standard of success. Amen. Listen, I want the young people to hear me today. Friends, listen to me. Uh, listen, a college education is good. 
but you don't have to have them. Amen. And that probably draws a lot of mom and daddy up. Listen to me. I'm telling you something, Chris, today. I am, uh, listen, I, 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 listen I, I am a proponent of higher education. I wish I had more myself. Friends, listen, I chose, uh, listen, I went to technical school and I, I wanted to go to work. We got married when I, I listen, we were very young. I was 20 years old when I, we were married. And uh, friends, listen, today, God's been good to me. I wouldn't change a thing in the world. But you know what? The, listen, according to the world, I still face this. There's lots of people today, they say, well, preacher, uh, you don't have this. And they don't call me preacher, by the way. Uh, but they say, what? They tell me all the stuff that I don't have. Uh, but friends, today, listen, there has to come a point in our lives. Uh, listen, we only get just a few days down here. The Bible said in the book of James, what is this life but a, va but a vapor uh, that appears for a little while and then it vanishes away. Friends, today, listen to me. Uh, we need to do what God would have. Listen, you say, well, preacher, don't be telling my kids that. Friends, listen, th listen, we need to do today what, listen, we need to seek God in prayer and whatever God says do is what we need to do. I feel guilty sometimes, uh, uh, friends, listen to me, the pressures that are leveraged on our young people today, no wonder they're looking for a way out. The rigor, uh, listen, we look at the rigor of academia in middle school and high school. Uh, listen, I had to take Hayden the other day, uh, listen to his uh, uh, listen to, uh, uh, the, uh, it was a, uh, a thing that the high school was putting on. It was in preparation for the upcoming rising freshman. And it was talking about how many college classes that you have the possibility uh, and the credits that you have to earn before you graduate high school. And I thought, my God. What are we doing to our young people? Listen, I know that it's great. I know that academia and education is great. I know that it's a good thing. I know that if we're going to have a successful career, and listen to me, we need to make money. Amen. I tell them every day at work, Danny, listen, if I didn't mean money, I wouldn't be here. I promise you, there's better things I'd like to do. Amen. I'll hit the road and go to preaching every day. But friends, listen today, listen, we have to do these things because life requires it and it's a necessity. We understand it. God gives us a talent, amen. Every person in here this morning is special. Every person in here this morning has a talent. God's given you a special talent. Uh, listen, you can go out into this world. Uh, listen to me. You say, well, preacher, I'm not much. Listen, uh, hey, I, I want to say this, friends, listen, quit Quit degrading yourselves. Amen. I, listen, I, I'll tell you something. Listen, I, I love to learn from smart people, but when smart people start to condescend me, I tell them very quickly, you put your britches on just like I do, and I ain't going to sit here and listen to it. Friends, today, listen, we need, I, 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 there is so much pressure today. 
Hey, and we need to bring them up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord. Hey, listen, I, I feel guilty sometimes for the precious leverage. Uh, uh, listen, not just on my children or our children, but uh, on all children today. There's so much pressure to perform. There's so much pressure to do and to execute. Friends, today, listen, and uh, listen, it only translates to our young people because the same pressures that exist today in the real world. Perform or you're fired. I have to perform. I have to perform because I have to provide for my family. Amen. Uh, listen to me. And we've reached a place and a point in time today, friends, listen, where we're under so much pressure to perform that we have neglected. I, I believe this inadvertently. I believe we have done it inadvertently, friends. Listen, and, and listen, I tell you what, I, I had a gut check this week, and listen, I, I have to, it happens to me every once in a while, friends. Listen to me. I tell you what, I don't ever want to use this pulpit as a stump for my opinions. Friends, listen, when we start preaching our opinions uh, is when we start adding confusion and sowing discord among the brethren. But when we preach the word of God, There's always help to be found. Amen. Listen, friends, I, <coughs> I said this the other night. Listen, and uh, uh, you say, well, preacher, you're talking out both sides of your mouth. No, I, I'm not talking out both sides of my mouth when I say this. Friends, listen, uh, thank God for what we're doing with the, the trunk of truth. Amen. Uh, listen, thank God that we can do an outreach for the community. We can show the community that we love them. Amen. Uh, we can show the community that there's a place that you can come on Sundays and Wednesdays and you can get away from the pressures of the world. Amen. Uh, listen, there's no financial uh, obligation here. There, listen, you don't have to make any kind of obligations here. The only thing that you need to do is you need to come in yielded to the Spirit of God. Let God do a work in you. Let God change you. Hey, the Bible said in Matthew in the 18th chapter, he said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Thankful we're doing these things. But I want to say this. I, <coughs> the night that we had conference, there was another church called me and asked me to come moderate conference, and they were quick to tell me on the telephone. They said, now, preacher, we're not having no preaching tonight. We just want you to come moderate. <laughs> well, okay. So I loaded up and went, and I, listen, I'm going to church, amen. I had my Bible under my arm. The deacons caught me in the foyer, said, preacher, we're not having no preaching tonight. I said, amen, I'm just going to follow God. I like to make people nervous. But, you know, listen, out of kindness and respect to them, listen, I, I, I got down, I moderated conference for them, and I said this, listen, I said, it's now understanding that you don't want to have preaching because you wanted to entice and get more people to come out to conference, amen. Listen, I, and this is not going to get on a browbeaten rant. I'm not standing on my stump, amen. Listen, if you're going to be a member of Timber Ridge Baptist Church, you just ought to support it. 
I'll just stay right here. But listen, friends, listen. Uh, they, they told me, they said, well, it, it was an attempt to get more people out to conference. Listen, and, and I told them this. I said, at the very least, I understand you don't want preaching tonight. But at the very least, what we're going to do is open the Word of God and read the Word of God. Because the Word of God, aside from me, is sufficient. Friends, listen tonight. We've reached a place and and point in time uh, in the church. Friends, listen to me. I tell you, it's wearisome to me and it's troublesome to me. It's because we have dedicated and committed so many external commitments outside of the church. Friends, and I I say this. I said it last Sunday. I probably did. If not, I I should have. Amen. Uh, Listen, we're overextended. Uh, Listen, myself, I'm overextended. I've made more commitments than I have time to fulfill. (coughs) told somebody the other day, I said I'd do a bad job at all of them. Amen. Bad job at pastoring. Bad job at a husband. Bad job at a father. Bad job. Uh, listen, I do a bad job at my work. Listen, uh, because we're so spread thin, every one of us. I'm not just talking about me. I'm talking about every one of us. We're spread so thin. Listen, we have obligations, and I'm going to be honest with you, friends. Listen, I want my kids to have a childhood. I want them to enjoy uh, the good things. And the, uh, listen, I want them uh, to be just like the other children. Amen. Uh, listen, and there's a lot of people, they take notes and an obligation with how I do that. Amen. I'll say this. If I want your opinion, I'll come ask you. Amen. I want to say this, friends. Say, listen. I believe, friends, today, listen, that we've reached a place and point in time we do these things and out of obligation. Listen, church has even become an obligation. Church is not a pleasure anymore. When we don't go because we have to hear preaching, that's a bad condition. Just let that roll off the tongue one time. Preacher, I don't want to have to go to the church because I have to hear singing. Just stop and listen to what we're saying. You look around at all the pressures that we've leveraged on our kids and grandkids and we wonder why they're not here. Listen to me, I will say this, whether you go to work, whether you get married, whether you go to college, whether you go to state school, hey, listen, everybody I work with down there, they went to Georgia Tech, their masters, their doctorates, friends, listen to me, they asked me where I went, I said I went to Redneck Tech, Amen. I graduated from North Georgia Technical College, amen, and that's what it was known as, Redneck Tech, and thank God I'm a proud member and alumni. But friends, stay listen to me. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. Don't let people degrade you because of what you do or you don't have, amen. 
Hey, if you're saved by the grace of God, you can stand proudly and boldly and declare to the world, I can't even go to hell because my elder brother is the second person of the Trinity and his name is Jesus. That should be enough. Hey, friends, today, listen now. I want to get back to this. It says, that's why I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation, and my God will hear me. Boy, friends, today, listen. Hey, and I tell you what. I, listen, I've said this and preached this many times. Listen, hey, the preacher gets a message for the church does. Amen. And I needed this for myself. Therefore, I look unto the Lord, and I will wait. God of my salvation, my God will hear me. Well, I tell you, we need persistence in prayer. I'll never, now listen, there's a lot of people take occasion and they, and they listen, they, <coughs> they like to throw fits about it and talk about it and everything else, amen, listen, but it, <coughs> it is what it is, the Burlington Revival, uh, Brother C.T. Townsend, they ran a revival up there in Burlington, North Carolina, two, three weeks ago. I started out a week-long meeting that ran uh, in excess, I'm believing, if I call this right, of about 16 weeks. Left the church building, uh, wound up, uh, listen, uh, uh, in a field beside the side of the interstate, and it ran over there for a little over three months. According, I listened to every indication of the people that attended there, there was over 1,000 people saved. New Hope Baptist Church had met for over 10 years. And you know what they prayed for, Wayne? They prayed for revival. And they'd go in and they'd have spring revival. And they'd come out. And they'd go in and they'd have summer revival. And they might have a winter revival. And listen, but nothing would ever catch and nothing would ever go. And so they just kept meeting and, and they just kept praying. And they just kept believing. Amen. Until one time, listen, the listen. until one time they all met together in one place and they finally got in one mind, in one accord, and God stirred up and done a work in them people and changed them forever. But listen, therefore I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Amen. Now listen, this is a verse to the saved. Amen. Listen, when, when, when Christ or the Bible talks, and listen, I've already preached this message on another occasion. When Christ talks to the lost, he says, he never tells them to wait, he says, come. So listen, every time you see in the word of God, you see the word wait, that is a direct implication that he's speaking to redeem. Amen. Now listen, he said, I, therefore I will look unto the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation, my God will hear me. Friends, listen to me. I'm telling you something, friends. Hey, when Moses came down to the part of the Red Sea, uh, before him he seen, uh, listen, an impassable, uh, listen, there was no solution. <coughs> this sort of ring people's ears. I'm a Jake Fromm fan. I know some children got hit just I love Jake Fromm. And I think I like Jake Fromm because he's a man of God, number one. 
because he just is who he is. Amen. Listen, every time I, I heard him, uh, listen, they was running an interview on the sideline with him one time, and he said, you can't go broke making a profit. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. That's how the church needs to look at things every once in a while. Amen. We can't go broke because we're making the profit. And I'm going to tell you what, it looks like lots of times, listen, when you talk to people in the church house today, it sounds like that they fixed the leverage and put the farm up for sale. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what, friends, listen, God has given us the victory. God has given us strength. Amen. He told us to go and possess it. Amen. He told us to go preach to them. He said, compel them to come in that my house may be filled. God's given us the place. God's blessed. I'm going to tell you what, God's blessed Timber Ridge Baptist Church with a wonderful and a blessed opportunity. Look at this wonderful, beautiful building that God has given you. Amen. Look at the wonderful fellowship that God has given you. Uh, friends, uh, look at uh, all these people. Look at all these people up and down the road in this community. Look around and see what God's given you. See, we've reached, I believe we've reached an impasse. Well, preacher, we've tried everything that we know to do. Well, that was 90% of the problem. Moses couldn't fix it. When Daniel was taken by his friend, the king, and thrown into the lion's den, he could not fix it. When the three Hebrew children were bound hand and foot and thrown into the furnace, they couldn't fix it anymore. I love the statements of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Uh, listen, they said, O king, Whether he delivers us or not, we will not bow. Did you see that, friends? Listen to me. They said, listen, he'll either deliver us out of the fire or we'll die. But we're not changing. Friends, listen, I believe that there's something... Uh, there's something in the church today, listen, that needs to, hey, the Bible says stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Hey, we need to remember who we are. We need to remember where we came from. We need to remember where we're headed. We need to remember who our Savior is. Amen. Friends, listen to me. I want to say this. Uh, we've surrendered the rainbow. Bless God, it's not theirs to take, it's mine. We've surrendered marriage. It's not theirs to take. It's mine. Quit surrendering and giving up. Friends, listen to me. It's often comical to me, friends, today. Listen, they want to redefine what marriage is, but marriage is a biblical covenant. You can't have it. It's God's. The family, it's a biblical covenant. You can't have it. It belongs to God. You can try and take it and change it and redefine it, but friends, listen to me. I'm glad today that's why the Word of God, hey, the Bible said, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my Word shall never pass away. 
What if it just waited upon the Lord? Moses went up to the hilltop and he said, Lord, children of Israel, all they're going to do is kill me. And if they don't kill me, the Egyptians are behind them and they're surely going to kill me. I can't get across the sea. And he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. That's what God told Moses. He, listen, he told Moses, he said, Moses, you remember the rod that I give you when you cast it to the ground and it turned to a serpent and then you took it up? He said, I want you to take that same rod and I want you to go down to the river. Don't worry about what they're saying about you. Amen. Listen, I want to say this, friends, they listen to. Uh, listen, uh, and this is something that uh, I, I, I ain't telling you. Uh, listen, as the old saying is, sticks and stones may break my, uh, may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I'm going to tell you something. Words hurt. They hurt, and they hurt bad. Amen. And listen to me. I'm going to tell you something. I, I, I unashamedly have attached myself to the point uh, friends, listen, uh, I, I want to say this, uh, not unashamedly, but ashamedly. I, I've calloused myself to the point where, uh, friends, listen, people can say some pretty hurtful and mean-spirited things, and I just don't listen anymore. That's not always a positive thing. Sometimes it's a negative thing because people, you know, I constantly have to deal with people. They say, well, preacher, you don't care. No, it's not that I don't care. It's that I've been hurt enough times that you're not going to hurt me anymore. That's not always a good place to be. People say, well, preacher, I, I, I'm so sensitive and tender to every word that was spoken, and a lot of people are that way. And that's why I have a problem sometimes dealing with other people is because they are incredibly hypersensitive, and I'm just a stone-cold, callous killer sometimes. But friends, today, listen to me. I, I want to say this. Listen, there's so many things that, that I myself could bridge the gap. We can bridge the gap. There's so many hurtful things and words that people will say to us. Listen, and they're trying to tear us down. And I've figured this out over the years. There's a lot of people in this world, they try and tear you down with words because they're jealous of your situation. If I've had it said one time, I've had it said 5,000. You, oh, oh, you big preacher over there pastoring in big churches. I said, bless God, pack your bags and let's go. Amen. I sat down on the front bench and throw darts at you while you, while you navigate the river for a little while. Amen. Listen, I, I want to say something, friends, today. Listen, sometimes God puts us in specific places, but he wants us to wait. He don't want us to callous ourselves. Well, sometimes, sometimes we need to be sensitive to words. That's why the Bible said in 1 John chapter 4, listen, try the spirits and see that which be of God. Amen. Because sometimes, sometimes those stinging words we need to hear. I tell you something, friends, listen, every time I ever heard preaching uh, on something that I needed to hear, you know what my immediate reaction was? I got mad. 
That's why I don't fault a lot of the congregations for staying mad at me two-thirds of the time. It's just life. It really is. But listen to me, friends. Listen, if, if you'll take those words, don't take what I say. Take what the Word of God says. Let God do a work in you. I've said this, and you've heard me say this here before at Timber Ridge. I, listen, if it, takes, if it takes me making you mad at me so you'll listen to those coming after me, so be it. There's a lot for us all. And listen, I, 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 know, I know what, uh, listen, thank God for my precious wife and my children. And uh, listen, it's never been all that easy. I've tried to guard them. I've tried to shelter them. All the hurtful words. Listen, all the conversations. Listen, I, I, I've never lied to my wife, but there's been a lot of things I haven't told her. Because I didn't want to hurt her. Amen. Listen, you, I tell you something. You can hurt me all you want to. And that's one of the things that we've got to face in this day and time, friends. Listen, hey, but we've got to keep that thing that is most precious to us. We want to shelter them. Amen. That's just our immediate reaction. We want to shelter them. We want to keep them from harm. We want to protect them. I'll be honest with you, I've failed there too. I was talking to Brandon the other day, and I told him to go home and study on the eagle. And it reminded me of a message I preached several years ago. Listen, in the book of Deuteronomy, when it talks about the eagle stirring up her young. When a mother eagle, when, listen, I tell you what, that's the highest flying bird that there is. They'll fly in excess of 20,000 feet. They get so high, they never flap their wings. They literally get in the jet stream and soar. And they'll go to the highest place possible, and they'll construct their nest. And when they begin to construct their nest, they'll take thorns and thistles and briars, and they, with very purposeful intent, they'll make the bottom of the nest where the thorns are pointed up. And then they'll go and they'll find some wood and hay and sticks and they'll begin to layer the thorns out. And then they'll go get some feathers and lay some feathers down. And then uh, eventually they'll finally find some cotton or fur from an animal and they'll lay it on top. So when the, when the eggs hatch, they have a very comfortable place. When the eggs hatch, it's just like any other baby bird. Listen, this is the significant importance of parents today, friends. Listen, listen, our young ones today are just like those baby birds. They cannot see. They hear the voice of their mother. And they'll look up in their nest and open their mouth. Whatever mama drops in is what they eat. Stop and talk about that for a minute. Mamas and daddies, uh, listen, at home and in the church. Be careful. Be intentful for what they're fed, what they eat, 
Amen. Snout said this, and listen, it, it, it's just a standard at my house. Amen. Uh, listen, I, I'm going to tell you something, friends. Listen, uh, and you can you can do however you want. I'm not throwing accusation at you if you do it any other way than I do. You do how God leads you. But I'm going to tell you what. On Saturday night, my kids spend a night at my house because they're going to church with me. I know what I preach. I don't know what everybody else does. Amen. They're welcome to come to the house. Hayden's friends and Lee's friends are welcome to come to the house and they go to church with us. But those baby birds, as they begin to nourish themselves and grow, eventually they have sight. Eventually they can hear. Eventually they'll start to flip their wings out. Until there comes a day in time where mama shall start taking the fur out of the nest. Then she'll go back and she'll start pulling the feathers out of the nest. And then she'll come down to the place where there ain't nothing but some hay and sticks left in the bottom covering the points of the thorns. And the thorns are already starting to prick their feet. It's already starting to get uncomfortable. So, friends, listen, Mama, she'll begin to, uh, listen, she'll begin to pull the final bits of straw and sticks out of the nest until there's nowhere for the baby bird in the nest anymore. She found herself, she's standing on the edge of the nest. Can't go back. You see, I'm, I'm going to tell you something. When the gospel's preached, it empties the nest and brings you to a place where you can't go back where you came from. And then mama, you know what she'll do? In this case, she'll walk to the edge of the nest and she'll take her beak and knock the bird out of the nest. And then when the baby bird begins to fall, and stumble and swirling in the wind, trying to get its wings open for the very first time. Sometimes they can, but most often they don't. And right before they hit the ground, the mama will come by and catch them on her back and take them back up and set them on the edge of the nest. And she'll go right behind them again and knock them back off. And she'll do it as many times as necessary until they open their wings and begin to soar. You see, friends, today, listen, let's don't get to a place where we try and keep them protected in the nest too long. Then they can't survive. Not only that, let's look at this from a spiritual perspective. If we try and retain them in the nest for so long, there may come a place and point in time they can't fly. Death's coming. Eternity is real. You're going to live forever somewhere in eternity. You better make preparations. Until the time comes when the fire starts burning the nest and you jump off the side and you don't know how to fly. Because you've never been saved. A lot of that guilt lays at mother and daddy's feet as well. You know, the Bible is very specific. There's a lot of people that make everybody antsy talking about this. 
<coughs> the Bible is very specific in the book of Ezekiel. It talks about having blood on your hands. You see, we don't like to talk about that. There's a consequence for our actions, what we do and what we don't do. You see, I've already preached on this. We have this mentality, well, if I don't do it, God will send somebody else. What if God don't kill? What if three doors down from the church somebody dies and goes to hell? We sitting over here and said, well, God will send somebody. And then we get to the point, you see, you see then we reach this, this point in our theodicy where God is the author of evil. Well, God didn't send anybody, so I don't guess God wanted him to hear. So then, then God sent him to hell. Then God created somebody. He created them evil, and God sent them to hell. That is not our theology. That is not what we believe. That is not what the Scripture teaches. All that was verse number one. I got five more. I'm just kidding. I'm going to quit. It says, listen, I do want to read through this, though. Verse number 8, the Bible says, Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall rise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Oh, if we just wait upon the Lord. And we sit in darkness, and when we fall, God shall lift us up. And when we sit in darkness, He shall be our light. See, we reach a place where maybe we're satisfied. We're not complacent. You know, I don't know about you, but there's been some times I've left out of the church house and I felt so free and clean. I felt like I had been saved all over again. You know that feeling? When God just cleanses, when you've been praying and you've, you've cried and you've wept and you've tried and you've prayed persistently and all of a sudden out of heaven God sends deliverance and you finally get to shed that burden and raise your hands and rejoice and pray. You just walk out of the church house and you're just smoking. You feel clean. You feel redeemed. You feel righteous. You see, if we ever get to that point, that's where we should strive to be. Amen. You know that, that I reach a point in preaching. Amen. Listen, when I leave the when I leave myself and I, I truly, fully get surrendered into the hands of God, every time I preach, that's where I want to get. got my eyes on Zion and I'm headed there. I may not get there every time, but that's where I'm headed. 
I will bear the indignation of the Lord because I have sinned against him until he plead my cause. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Hey, that's when it talks about the intercession or the mediator. He is our advocate. He is our attorney. He is the propitiator. Amen. He's the one that gives us mercy when we deserve justice. Amen. That's what the word propitiation means. It means a place of mercy. Amen. So he stands as our propitiatory sacrifice. He stands as our mediator. What does that mean? That means that he navigates the conversation between God and a fallen man. We have nothing to say. So thank God the mediating voice of Christ stands in our stead. I have sinned against him until he plead my cause. Thank God. And executes judgment for me. Amen. He will bring me forth to the light and I shall behold his righteousness. Thank God, friends, listen to me. Hey, uh, listen, I I believe in an already but not yet kingdom. Amen. Jesus told them in the book of Luke, uh, listen, over there in one place he said, uh, listen, they they began to question and, and, and ask him about the kingdom. And he said, say not lo here nor lo there. He said, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Quit looking for something. God has already established it. And if you're saved, you're part of it. One day, after a while, I'm glad, friends, listen, that the kingdom that he's established in the hearts of men by faith through grace and those that have eternally, God, listen, constituted their belief unto the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm glad that there's soon coming a day. Amen. The Bible tells us and is very explicitly clear. Listen, it said, We which are alive and remain shall not prevent them which are asleep. Amen. For the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up in the air to meet the Lord in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Now we take this and we tie this over to Revelation 22. When the Bible says, And I've seen a new heaven and a new earth coming down out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Thank God, listen to me, that there's a place and time of rest until we all go into that wonderful city together. Is he saved? Listen, let's get down to this, and I'll be done as quickly as I can. Verse number 18, the Bible said, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity? There is none. Amen. I'll tell you something, friends, today, listen to me. Like you said in any courthouse across the United States of America today, listen, you, you, you commit, listen, any atrocity of crime. Listen, if, if there is a serial killer, there is not a court in this land not sentence him to, at minimum, life without parole, most of the time would be executed. If you live in a state where they're still alive. Friends, listen to me. We've got to understand that apart from Christ, when we're not saved, 
the view and the circumstances that we view the world and society as today, when we see an atrocious, uh, listen, uh, a serial killer or uh, we see a serial uh, molester and all these things that we would attribute to just being evil and wicked. You see, without the blood of Jesus Christ, that's how we are in the eyes of God. There's not a courthouse in the land that it would exonerate us. We are guilty without excuse. But the Bible says, He is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity. Thank God for His Son. And passeth by the transgression of the remnant of His heritage. He retaineth not His anger forever because He delighteth in mercy. Time would not suffice just in all honesty for us to talk about the restraint of God's anger. Boy, couldn't we learn something today? He restraineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. He will not turn again. He will have compassion on us. Thank God. He will subdue our iniquity. Amen. I like that word, subdue. Amen. He is a conquering king. Amen. He will subdue. Not Listen, I'm going to tell you something. He's not taking our iniquities into captivity. He is taking them into himself. He is subduing them forever, defeating them. And the Bible says he will subdue our iniquities and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. You ever heard that old saying the old timers used to say? Listen, they, listen, when they'd say that he's cast your sins into the sea of forgetfulness, this is where this is derived from. Amen. Listen, see, there's lots of things that the old timers, they, they, they put them in their own words. Amen. We just got to pull them from the word of God. It says he will turn again. He will have compassion on us. Amen. He will have compassion. What is compassion? subdue our iniquities. Because of his love, he subdues our iniquities. And that will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. That will perform uh, that will perform the truth to Jacob and mercy to Abraham, which thou hast sworn unto our fathers from the days of old. Now listen, I'm gonna, I want to give you this one little nugget right here and then we'll close on this. Remember the old timers, they would always say that he, God's taking your sins, he's cast them into the sea of forgetfulness, and the last words they would say, never to be remembered anymore. Where did the Bible say he threw them? He said they will cast their sins into the depths of the sea. When I told you that there was a new heaven and a new earth, the scripture is very specific about one thing. That's not there. And there was no more sin. Thank God I'm going to a place where my sins are covered, eradicated, subdued, and forgotten. Stand to your feet this morning. I don't know your heart. Listen, I know I've uh, I've covered a lot of ground and probably plowed a crooked road. But friends, listen to me this morning. We need to reach a place and point in time 
individually, <clears throat> collectively as the church, in our own homes, friends, listen. You know, that, that's one thing I, that's one thing I love about my family is, is we're talking. My wife, wife is there laughing at me because right now, listen, I, I get all my words out from the pulpit. Otherwise, I'm pretty quiet. And my son's just like me. I have to ask him very specific questions that I want answered. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Jake, good. Well, what happened at 9.15? You see, friends, today, listen, there's so many questions. There's so many external questions. But thank God for a place. Thank God for a home. Thank God for a church where we can come and just for a little portion of time, there's no pressure. You still don't matter. Right now, you still don't matter. Job don't matter. Bills don't matter. Sickness don't matter. Leave here the same way you came in. Take your hat. If you do, we'll turn your heart to the Lord. Father, we love you. We thank you.